few years ago, you probably would have found me at the bar all night long ripping shots with my friends. And then I would go home and probably cry until 3 a.m. Today, I practice yoga and I meditate every morning. And this change has really saved my life. Every word I share on this show comes from those days and those nights where I couldn't see five minutes in front of me. Everything was about how much I could do, how much I could accumulate, how good I could look. The Bright Side of the Moon is a show made to help you accept the dark with the light, the intense with the relatively easy, all while still feeling connected to your soul and living from this place. You no longer need to fear the dark because without it, you'll never be able to fully experience the light that lies within. I'm living proof of this. This show is a place for me to share about the things I've learned and the coping skills that have saved my life. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll definitely swear. <laughs> but most of all, we'll connect with the light within. I'm Paige Pitchlar, and this is The Bright Side of the Moon. All right, everybody, welcome back to Bright Side of the Moon. You're here with Paige and my friend, Morgan Doman. She is a life and clarity coach. And we met in our friend Kate's tarot course. And she has so many cool things to say, so many cool things to share. And we've read cards for each other. We've talked about what we're creating. And I'm super excited to have her here today. So welcome, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So in your own words, what is it that you do? What do you help people with? Um, And kind of how this journey all got started for you. Yeah, so my passion is to help struggling people pleasers uh, gain clarity and grow into like inspired leaders and entrepreneurs. I am a a recovering people pleaser. um, And so I'm so passionate about helping that group of people because, you know, at our core, we really want to help people. We want to contribute and serve others because that's what we were put on this planet to do. But what happens is we can very quickly become toxic um, because we want to help too much and in we don't set boundaries and we just like the helping others becomes really toxic for us. So yeah, I'm a recovering people pleaser and I'm very passionate about helping people um, overcome that so that they can actually serve people um, while keeping, while staying healthy and really keeping boundaries that are important to them. And I got into this work because I, I love coaching so much. And there was just this group of people that I, I felt so um, connected to. And so I decided to help them, um, you know, really grow into the people they want to be. Um, yeah. So that's kind of uh, what I do in terms of where I come from and why I do what I do. I actually, um, I come from the nonprofit sector and I, I am, was a part of my family's organization, um, Domen International, which is still a huge part of my life. And, you know, we help people. And to help people though, you have to help yourself first. So I actually became a life coach to help all the staff and all the parents um, that are a part of our organization because I really wanted to be able to, um, you know, show up for them and help them create uh, boundaries and self-care routines and things like that, that can help them 
have a healthier and happier life. But ultimately, the thing is, like, they can serve others better. Uh, and so, yeah, that's why I started. And so that's why I have, you know, I have this passion for helping people. Absolutely. That's so cool. And there's so many things in that that I want to ask you about. Um, but the first thing that I just wanted to talk about, because I've been noticing this more uh, over the last few years, but it's definitely a bigger problem in our society is this people pleasing. And as far as my work goes, when I'm working with clients or whomever, I'm thinking about where their autonomy is in like you were saying how uh, so many people are trying to help, but at the detriment of themselves. And I see this where, you know, people need permission to think what they want to think. They have a hard time questioning, you know, authority or the, th- or the ways that things are because they're so worried about, about pleasing everybody else. Uh, do you notice this at all? Or do you have anything to speak to on this? Because it's such a big problem. And I'm curious what you've noticed about people, you know, standing in their own autonomy and saying like, hey, I can make my own decisions. Like I don't have to make everybody else happy or nobody else has to agree with me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For me and my clients, number one is self-worth. I always, always have to face this uh, with every single client because self-worth and loving yourself is the key to autonomy and putting up boundaries. And what happens with people pleasing is that they become so engrossed and so involved in other people that they forget all about themselves and they stop loving themselves. They stop having worth um, because their worth is so rooted in other people's validation. So the first thing we have to do is like look at self-worth. What is going on? For so many people, it comes from um, their upbringing bringing, you know, maybe they had a very selfish or a very selfless parent, so they kind of learned that programming. Uh, Some people, um, if they were like abandoned a lot in their childhood, that can cause um, people to be like almost clingy self-pleasers because they're like uh, people pleasers because they're trying to like please others to have love. So whatever it is, I mean, everyone has a different story. So that's part of the magic of coaching. But yeah, the the first thing I have to do is look at self-worth and say, okay, so it's in the gutter. (laughs) What can we do to increase it? And, you know, one of the things I love to do is just ask my clients to like write out a list of what you bring to the table. Um, That's a great way to increase self-worth is just be like, so what do you bring to the table? And asking them to really list it out. A lot of them don't realize um, how, how cool they are or how amazing they are or how intelligent or smart and um, how, how much worth they really have. So that's like the first step to figuring out where that comes from and then trying to increase self-worth as much as we can. Absolutely. And it's so true. I talk about that all the time as, as well. Like it's at the center of everything is what yeah. you think you're worthy of. And and so many people don't realize it's like I wouldn't actively say that I'm not worthy of a good boyfriend. You know what I mean? People don't understand that it's not the conscious mind who who does this. You know, this is your subconscious. This is your nervous system. This is your old programming. This isn't you going out and saying like, "Oh, I deserve to be treated like shit." You know, it's something that has to be healed, dealt with, brought to the surface to actually change. You know what I'm saying? 
Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of self-worth and low self-worth is all in that subconscious. Absolutely. That's, that's why also it's so awesome um, to get in, in, in connection with like your body and see where you're holding um, that, uh, that low self-worth. Um, for a lot of people, it's in their heart. It's in their sacral um, area, like their sacral chakra. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so important to um, like reprogram um, a lot of that programming. <laughs> um, that's why it's called reprogramming, right? Because we have to take our old programming from our childhood or our, our teenage years and sometimes our adult years and rewire it. Absolutely. And one of the coolest things about what you're doing and what you're working on is Obviously, I am all about the feminine <laughs> and, uh, and it's a reawakening on the planet. And as soon as, you know, we started talking about this, I was like, oh, overgiving is such like a toxic masculine trait that so many women have taken on. You know what I'm saying? So the feminine, the divine feminine is receiving, you know, giving and receiving are equals. They have to be on the same playing level. You know, they have to be revered with the same amount of respect. And so when we're in this cycle, in our nervous system, in our old subconscious patterns, that it's better to give than receive, you know, we'll be running on this forever until we are forced to wake up and be like, the universe just wants to help me. How can I be open to receiving and taking care of myself and setting that example for the universe? Like, hey, I value myself. So you can bestow upon me all the help I need. <laughs> do you work on that with people or would you have any thoughts on that? Absolutely. And actually like a very small group of people I work with are actually mothers who have kids with special needs and teaching them to receive from themselves is such a big part of, um, of the puzzle. You know, we, we have to be able to receive our own love before other people's love can come in. And one of the cool, one of the most beautiful things is like when mothers are talking about how much more love they feel from their kids or from their partner, because they've started loving themselves. And it's so, so important. And, you know, the other really cool thing about this huge, massive change into women really like um, receiving more, right? Like getting into their feminine is it actually calls men to really be the be men and be in that masculine trait of giving and protecting, which men are happier in too. And, and I think that that's really like the coolest thing about all of this is this isn't just for these group of women who choose to, to listen to this call. This is going to help everyone on the planet. And these kids who grow up understanding the difference between femininity and masculinity and the two Whole, you know, how we both have, we all have both and we choose where we're going to be on that scale is so important. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know about you, but I love to follow these couples who are really embodying that um, because it's just so inspirational. You know, it's like, oh, wow. Like this is what happens when a woman truly gets into her feminine and, and is willing to receive is you have all these men who are willing to give and it is so beautiful. Oh, for sure. I know. I love seeing those because I feel like people are starting to understand it more because we don't have a choice, you know, like she's waking up whether we like it or not. And we can either hang on to these old paradigms by saying, you know, I have to do this and this and this and this to receive love and to be worthy, or I can just be worthy now, you know? And that's a big shift for a lot of people. And it takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of 
compassion. And sometimes people, it's a different kind of work. You know what I mean? Like, do you find that that's the case where people are just not, they don't even understand how fundamental it is to so many parts of their lives that, hey, you can, you can receive. Because when you can't, you know, we hear that all the time, you can't give from an empty cup, but so many people don't live by it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it brings up a lot of things. Um, Yeah, you can't give on an empty cup. And what happens is you're actually, you're not giving so much as begrudgingly giving. Um, So many people pleasers become very um, angry and very um, annoyed at the world. Um, You know, a a common thing that I hear a lot of people pleasers say is, why doesn't anyone just listen to me or why doesn't anyone just help me? You know, things like that because they're, they're not really giving anymore because they can't, they're, they're, they're forcing themselves to give. So it's not truly, um, it's not a real give, you know, it has a lot of contingencies. Um, it's not unconditional, so to speak. I'm always trying to help people get out of that habit and that loop. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask about your journey. You know, you say that you're a recovering people pleaser and I'm curious what that looked like for you and anything in your story that you feel called to share. Absolutely. So I come from a family of givers. I have the greatest mom and dad on the planet. Uh, they both have dedicated their lives to helping children with special needs and they are givers 110%. Um, they, they love what they do. They truly love it. And it lights them up and they can do it all day long. And I learned that and it was such an amazing lesson. Um, however, they are, I don't know if your, um, your listeners talk about human design a lot, but my dad is a generator. My mom's an MG and I'm a projector. And so for me, giving is a lot different and I have to protect my energy much more than they do. And growing up, I wanted to give as much as they do. You know, I wanted to, um, kind of mirror what they did because I could see how much, how much love it brought them and how much happiness it brought them. And so what happened is I started to overwork I was overworking for, I would say about three years and I was working 12 to 15 hour days. And don't get me wrong. I loved, I loved, and I still love what I do, but my energy does not work like that. I cannot work that many hours and stay healthy and stay happy because my body doesn't work like that. My body needs way more rest than that. My body needs a lot of care. Um, and that's okay. That's, that's something I've been called to do. Um, but yeah, I just had to like realize like I can give, but I don't need to be giving 15 hours a day to feel good enough. I don't need to uh, work as many hours as they do to be worthy of love and validation. So that was like the big call. Um, that was, I think that happened about, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and since then it's really been about rewiring that. And, you know, here's like, this is such a beautiful example of parents who are so amazing, um, and have such good intentions, but ended up being some I had to reprogram and their intention was give my kids really great work ethic 
And what that looked like for them was like 12, 15 hour days. And for me, that just wasn't possible. So I had to rewire what my, how many hours I could give in a day. And now that I do, because I'm really in my own essence and I'm really working within what I can do in a healthy way, I am able to help more people and I'm able to impact people more. So, you know, I just want to encourage everyone to start looking at their life and and people pleasers are almost always people who overwork, Um, almost like 95% of the time um, because they're using their worth, uh, I mean, their work as a way to increase their self-worth and to get validation. Unfortunately, it's not working. And so that is where I come in and I help people rearrange their life so that, um, you know, they feel good about themselves and they can increase their self-worth, but also be helping and serving others. Oh, wow, girl. (laughs) That was a lot. (laughs) No, that was, that was amazing. No, that was perfect. Uh, So, so many things there and so many important things. And it, it was funny when you said people pleasers are almost always overworkers because I mean, I definitely was and I am recovering myself. And I think that there's this collective movement where, you know, millennials are questioning the way that, that we work. And, um, you know, we all have our Uranuses in Capricorn. We all want to break up the status quo around what it means to work. And I think that so many of us come from parents who are of that old old paradigm and, and shifting it is so hard when you've been told your whole life that your worth is contingent upon how much you can create you know, for, for money or for gain or for whatever it is. And that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people to question. And I just want to put it out there that it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. It's like, maybe I don't have to, to suffer to feel good. And maybe I can, can do more in the world by being who I am and feeling really good about it. Absolutely. And I'll just say like, when, when you become a coach, the first thing you start to do is you start to look at other coaches and you go, Hey, wait a minute. That guy's in amazing shape. Those people, like everyone's in amazing shape. Everyone's taking care of themselves. And that's because if you really want to show up for your clients, you have to be at the top of your game every single day. And that was an amazing moment for me when I was like, oh wait, I'm going to give my per- myself permission to sleep nine hours a night because I need to show up for my clients 100%, 110%. And so it's so, so important that as we become coaches, like as we, as we kind of question the paradigm, like you were saying, we start to say, let's not work harder, let's work smarter. That is like the millennial thing, right? So it's so important. And also, I think as millennials, we really, we want to have freedom in our life. We're, we don't, we don't want to retire at 65 and then travel. Right? We want to travel now. We want to experience life right now. And that's a good thing. We need to give ourselves permission as millennials to, to embrace that. And also as we have more freedom, as we have more, um, yeah, more freedom in life, we can also impact others, not just in our work, but in activism, environmentalism, whatever it is that you want to do. But that's also another really important part of creating freedom in your life is that then you can be a part of your community, right? Then you can really, um, not just help yourself, but help those around you. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's such a cool, such a cool thing to be able to do and to be wanting to create, you know, so many people didn't even think that that was an option before. And it's cool that people now know that not only is it an option, but it is very much a possibility and it can be a reality. You know, if you work through these beliefs, if you take your time and really show up in this way, things can shift really quick. Uh, and so that's so, so cool. I wanted to ask, uh, if you have like a certain practice that you lead any of your clients through that helps with this people pleasing in any way, shape or form, maybe like a journal prompt or, you know, I, I know with my clients, I do a lot of like forgiveness practices that I shared on the podcast last week and, you know, things like that. I'm just curious if there's like an example of one. Yeah. So one of my favorite thing, one of my favorite techniques to use as a coach is really something called embodiment. And that's where you're asking yourself questions and allowing your body to give the answers. And essentially, the theory behind this is that your feelings um, influence your thoughts and your thoughts influence your feelings. And our bodies are this amazing resource that we very rarely tap into. And so um, one of the things I'll do is say, okay, so you are, you can kind of ask yourselves this. I, I encourage you to go somewhere quiet close your eyes, um, take three deep breaths, right? So we're going to get you into the parasympathetic nervous system and just like calm you down, right? And then you're just going to ask yourself the question, why am I overworking? And allow yourself to kind of just go to wherever the feeling is in your body. For some people, it's like in their heart. For some people, it's in their solar plexus, in their gut, wherever it is for you, there's no right answer. And just ask that part of you, ask that feeling, why? And just allow the thoughts and memories to come up. It'll be weird, trust me. Like it'll be things you never, you, you forgot, you even remembered. <laughs> um, and then journal that out, get it out of your system and allow that um, knowledge to inform um, your next step in life. And one of the most important things, and this was like a big realization for me, is when I learned that uh, guilt, because so many people pleasers deal with guilt, guilt um, is held in our solar plexus. And um, for anyone who doesn't know the chakras, the solar plexus sits right below the heart and it's our powerhouse, right? It's where all our power comes from. It, that's why it's called solar because it's like the sun. And when we you're feeling guilty, it like, it's like a punch right to your solar plexus. You'll lose your energy. You'll feel drained. And so it's so important when we feel guilty to get down deep into that, those feelings and relieve them um, so that we can free our solar plexus up to be able to do what we want to do. And that's why I always say like people pleasers, and I always like to help people pleasers become and grow into entrepreneurs and leaders that's what they are. It's just that their solar plexus are being like punched constantly. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of the, the answer. I would say, listen to your body and start to understand the feelings that are coming up for you. So funny because right when you asked, I was like, oh, my solar plex. <laughs> and when you were talking through that, I was like, oh yeah, my, my solar plex is doing some stuff right now. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. That was awesome. Oh. Yeah. And then another kind of, you want to take it to the next level as you're feeling that solar plexus, um, you know, really feel it, you know, get in there, kind of like observe it and, um, 
I like to also encourage uh, clients to kind of imagine what it really feels like. Is it like a knife to your chest? Is it like bees are stinging you? Is it like hot lava? What does it feel like? And then go from there and say, okay, what memories is this bringing up? Um, that can really help detach you from the feeling itself. Right. Absolutely. And so incredibly helpful for people who probably or might not have done this work before. You know, so cool. Such a cool concept. And it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you for sharing it. Um, So last two questions here. First one is, if you could tell your younger self anything at a point in your life where you didn't know what was next, you were feeling uncertain or scared or, you know, any of those uncomfortable feelings, what would you tell her? I would go back to when I was 14 years old and the guy I liked started dating someone else and I would hug her and I would tell her it's going to be okay and you have so much healing and growing to do to become the woman you're meant to be and um, this guy would just hold you back. So it's going to be okay. You are enough. Um, yeah, that's what I would tell her. <laughs> I love that. And then last question, where can people find you? Yes, yeah, so they can find me uh, on my website at www.morgandoman.com. That's spelled D-O-M-A-N. I'm also on Instagram, morgan.doman. Uh, yeah, that's Instagram is like my baby. So <laughs> that's where I post a lot of um, what I do and what I teach. And yeah, that's where people can find me. Awesome. And I'll put all of those in the show notes. I am so grateful for you, Morgan, and the work that you're doing in the world. Keep it up. I can't wait to see all the things that you do, all the people that you help. And I am so grateful for all of you for listening. If this helped you in any way, please rate, review, subscribe, and send this to anyone who needs this message. I'm so grateful for you, your energy, and I hope you have an awesome week.